previously on Partnership Vision Podcast. As far as the difference between discernment and suspicion, so let's start with suspicion. That's when it's fear-based. You're like, well, what if, what if they're doing this? Or what if they're thinking that? What if they're you're speaking behind my back? Or what if they're planning something to hurt me with? Or whatever. It's based off of your emotions and fear. Fear being the root cause. But fear and emotions, that's not discernment. Discernment is actually a spiritual gift that God gives us. And when you're discerning things, sometimes you don't know why you're, you're sensing something. It's like, I don't know why, but I don't think I should turn left at that light. I think I should go right and go this other way that I, I never go. I can't say why I don't have any outside data, whether it's the time of day, maybe the traffic would be bad or anything like that. I don't have any reason to think this, but I have a very strong feeling about it and I can't really dodge it. So I think I'm just going to go right and then come to find out there's a wreck down the road if you would have turned left. Veni, Vinny, Amari. We came, we saw, we loved. Welcome to the Partnership Vision Podcast. Where we discuss how to have a relationship full of unity, trust, fun, and fulfillment. We'll be sharing the rewards of preparing yourself for your best partner and being your best for them. I like So discernment is a good thing, period. And you might not only see bad things, you might also see good things. Like you might see your real route of escape from something bad that's going on in your life. You might be able to find the person who really is going to be helping you and really will be there for you in the midst of a hard time of your life when you're operating in discernment. And, uh, you know, so of course, then the thing too, is that we then have to be able to recognize what's discernment and what's just wishful thinking and what's just coming from our own feelings, what we want and, and what, you know, desperation, what we'd like to believe. Desperation is one of those is a discernment killer. If you're desperate, you get confused and you, you can't discern the difference. You can't know the difference between discernment and just you wanting a way out, you know, you wanting something to answer the problem that you have. So you got to get in a peaceful place and you got to get to a place where God can just help you to identify and know the difference. And you don't have to try hard with discernment. You know, it's not something that you just, just clench your teeth and do everything that you possibly can to just, I'm going to make myself see. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's going to come from peace and it's going to just come to you. You know, you're going to know that you know something. And when you're not overly invested, when you're not trying too hard, you know, it's a do or do not, there is no try kind of situation. You're either seeing and discerning or you're not. And you can't make up for it and you can't try to start coming up with, well, maybe I'm seeing this or I'm getting this. No, if you're not, you're not, you know, and just wait and be patient and, and try to get that groundedness that you need so that you can discern, so that you can get something. But Anyway, you know, so it's, it's very important to learn discernment and it's very important to stay out of suspicion because really, I mean, the flip side of suspicion is just being naive, being gullible, wanting to think the best to the point that you ignore things that are actually going on, you know, just going by our own internal preference, you know, of, well, I would rather think that they're all nice people 
or I would rather not get hurt and think that they're all bad people, you know, like it's just kind of preferential to your own internal state and has nothing to do with the objective reality of whether or not those people are actually safe or if they're bad or if they're actually the good guy in your life. And when we're caught up in our own head like that, we don't, we're not functioning in discernment. If we're going with wishful thinking or we're going with suspicion, either way, we miss what we really need. Because with suspicion, again, evil spirits, again, the demonic and other things can twist and warp us and get us to be suspicious of the wrong people. And eventually you have to trust somebody. So who do you end up getting warped to trust? The wrong people. So suspicion is bad. Wishful thinking is bad. Discernment is good. You know, sometimes you will see things that you wish you didn't see. You don't want to see. You don't like to see. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be better that you saw it. It's still going to be better that you were aware of that so that you could keep something bad from happening in your life or someone else's life. And along with it will come the good things too, you know, but we want to be discerning with God. We don't want to just be opening up ourselves to the spirit realm without God because that just creates a whole world of problems. You know, even those in the occult and spiritualists know that you need to have some kind of medium. You need to have some kind of guiding spirit, some spirit guide to help you keep you anchored and keep you safe in the spirit world because otherwise there's too many different things that want to take you over and want to have their own agenda, their own way with you. Well, that's, that is a true concept, but really there's only one spirit guide that we should have and that's the Holy Spirit. There's only one medium that we need and that's Jesus that is our source of connection to God, to our Father God, the creator of all things. That's our safety in the spirit world, being able to navigate the spirit world, being able to discern these things and make wise decisions and have authority over evil things that would try to come against us. So this is all very important stuff for dealing with that whole realm of brainwashing. It's a huge and thing all into itself of just dealing with the spiritual side, just dealing with the demonic and dealing with the tools that God himself has given us and put within our spirit so that we can protect ourselves and we can make better decisions for our life. And so it's an imperative need that we know just how loved we are by Christ, the way he values us, and how that has nothing to do with what the world around us thinks or believes, as well as what we believe to be true of ourselves either. His values are the only thing that matters. And it takes intentional pursuit and growth in his values to stand firmly upon them. We are told to seek ye first the kingdom of God. You seek him first and he will straighten out your paths, not the other way around. I mean, he will save you, he will give you grace, but if you're living life true and right with him is you seek him first and then you go from there. And so putting all this together in six main points is knowing who you are in God and having true belief and confidence in that, having a healthy level of self-esteem and confidence, having real followers of Christ to fellowship with and confide in, knowing what spiritual warfare is and fighting it with prayer, understanding and utilizing discernment, and learning to not turn to what the world thinks, but to consult with God over what truly matters. So when we're feeling weak, lost, or inferior, we should combat it with prayer and verbally speak truth over ourselves. 
when you're confronted with a lie such as, how stupid are you? You can't do anything right, can you? Tell yourself, I am enough, smart, strong, and fully capable. I'm loved and treasured by God and won't be knocked down from that. So just like how brainwashers utilize repetition, we need to do the same to keep our minds free from their control. You are doing spiritual reps when you do things like that. Each rep makes your mind that much stronger and that much more immune to the effects of brainwashing from wherever it may come. Yeah, and sometimes, I don't know what it is, but it's like sometimes we dislike repetition. Sometimes we don't want to do the thing that is good for us, even though we should do it. And it's like, I don't want to say it again. I don't want to think it again. You know, like, I'm tired of that. I should just get it already. I know it already. You know, like I know that thing. But the reality is, it's like, oh, well, I already washed my hands. Yeah, but you were just outside getting dirty in the garden again. You're going to have to wash your hands again. I'm sorry. You know, like, and it's the same thing. Your mind just got exposed to more stuff again. So you're going to have to wash your own mind again of the brainwashing. It's not going to just go away by itself. So even if it feels silly or you feel kind of stupid for it, it seems frivolous because it's like, well, why can't I just ignore it? Because I know that that's not the truth. It doesn't matter. We still have to recognize our tendencies as human beings that we will be influenced by things that other people are saying. We will be influenced by the thoughts and the feelings that are coming at us. And we do have to oppose them with the opposite truth. We do have to not just ignore and try not to focus on something bad. We have to put our focus and put our attention on something good to replace it. If you don't replace it with something else, it's like that whole idea of, okay, whatever you do, don't think about purple elephants with wings. Well, now that I just said that, you're thinking about purple elephants with wings. It's not going to go away because you try not to think about it. It's going to go away because you start thinking about something else that's more important. You're going to see Dumbo fly. <laughs> yeah. So it's this is how this works, you know, and it's the only way that it's going to work. So sometimes it's work. Sometimes it feels like work. Sometimes it feels like drudgery to have to say to yourself again that thing that you need to say that's like, no, I'm not stupid. I am smart. I have my own kind of intelligence. I have my own like style of navigating and I am God made me the way I need to be. You know, you, you might just feel like, ah, I don't want to say it again. Well, do it anyway. Do it anyway, because it is having an impact on you. Even if you don't feel like it, you don't feel like it's having any impact on you. Well, I still feel bad about myself. Well, I still, this same kind of thing is still there. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> You shouldn't care. You shouldn't let it get to you. You have to just say, I don't care. This is the truth. This is what I'm going with. And then just get your focus on something else positive. Get yourself focused on something productive that you can do. Some Something that you can do that's wholesome and don't give in. And that's the important thing. If you resist and you get your focus on what's right, these things aren't going to be able to take control of you. So we came up with 10 different points that were warning signs that I exhibited once Sean moved me back. They were signs that I'm sure I had a long time before that, but we found it interesting to be able to give you two different perspectives on these specifically because I know what I was feeling and he knows what it looked like. 
so we can put those together and better inform you on each point. So the first one, isolation and avoidance from others around that are normally in that person's circle. So I've told you already that, you know, he made me believe that my family was the ones out to get me and that his friends were the only ones I had and everybody else, you know, were just, you know, in it for their own agendas. And so the people that I would talk to were only him and his friends. And I didn't really have any friends anyway to talk to of my own and any friends that I might make at work. I didn't get to actually form those relationships because I was always trying to live on his time schedule and try to be around him to make sure he's not cheating on me or doing anything that's harmful to me in one, one way or another. So any potential invites I had to things, unless he was supposed to be working, which still was not a safeguard because he would just take off. I, I would turn them down and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I've got something going on, you know, and, and deep down I really wanted to go, but I just, I couldn't. Yeah, and I noticed that as uh, I spent more time with her and got to know her better over that time while she was still in that and not away from him yet, um, I noticed that she would just, with people that obviously she wanted some kind of connection and contact with, you know, she would, like even her, uh, you know, closest family members that, you know, she hadn't been poisoned against yet, or at all, you know, they, they escaped some way or another. They escaped the attempts to, to besmirch and, and turn them as, as an evil sign in her life. Just put it that way. Even with them, it's like she just didn't feel like she could actually spend time with them. It just didn't seem like she would take the opportunity. It's like somehow it was more important to be over there with her kidnapper and his people than people that actually were important in her life and that she would actually say were important in her life. And so that was puzzling. And then um, obviously like in, in my own case for our, our uh, connection, our friendship, I would notice that she would be on this rush and and like it's like she had to steal away really quick to spend a second with me and then run back over to where she was you know, in his control and where he, where he wanted her to be, you know, though at that time I didn't know for sure that that's what was going on. All I knew was like, just, wow, you know, you only had 30 minutes to see me. We couldn't hang out for a little bit longer or, you know, like what the heck was going on here? Why, why aren't you taking me just there? Why don't we just hang out with this circle of friends or whatever the case may be? Things like that just showed some weird, like compartmentalization of her relationships. And with some cases, people that it's like, why are you so disconnected with, with, from your family? Why are you so disconnected from people in your past? And in, in just the other cases, like, well, why aren't you talking to this person or that person when you really want to, you know, or spending time with them when you really want to? I noticed that. And it was obviously all because of that influence and that brainwashing that was keeping her isolated away from people that would be good for her and believing things that were false about other people that were really not bad were actually meant to be a part of her life. And the second is using verbiage that I had never used before. Um, now I've mentioned this in one of the previous episodes, but I had ran across a message thread with somebody from my school that had actually, I confided in a little bit and I had forgotten I had and he, he prayed for me and all this other stuff and then 
when I messaged him saying, hey, you know, I have a, I have a, I have a plan, you know, to, to be able to escape all of that. And do I have your word? And can I trust you? And I had never said, do I have your word? You know, that's one of the things that my abductor just preached is that a man is no more than how he keeps his word to, to those who, who he speaks to or whatever. And I started using that principle for myself even before he took me. And that was a gut punch by itself that, you know, hey, you're already talking like him. And I could see that clear as day reading that thread years later because I just found that thread maybe the beginning of this year or latter part of last year. And the, the second part of the gut punch was he, did, he didn't want to be held responsible or be a liability by knowing. So he'd rather not know and not be held responsible than to potentially help me from a disastrous situation. That was the, the, the final blow in, in, that, in that situation, reading that thread of just feeling so betrayed and, and unvalued. Somebody in his position should have been looking at the words that you're using and realizing, you know what, this doesn't sound that good. You know, this sounds pretty unsavory. Like, he should have been taking just even how you were saying those things and whatnot as a, whoa, this sounds like a situation for an intervention. <laughs> this sounds like maybe maybe some more people should be getting involved and there this should be a decision made together as a family, as a community, and not just somebody running off into possibly something really bad. And he didn't take responsibility, he didn't do that. But uh, yeah, I could tell sometimes that there was just like, unnatural sort of things that she would say that was just like that doesn't really sound like you that doesn't really sound like the kind of person you are what you really would believe yourself you know like that's that's that just it doesn't fit you it's artificial you know I guess an example would be if somebody that you know has just always kind of spoken cleanly you know and never like used a lot of harsh language vulgar language or whatever and all of a sudden they're just using vulgar language all over the place and they're just swearing up and down and all over the place and they never did that before in the past. That's a sign, you know, that kind of extreme change and, and starting to say things differently, starting to go in a different direction like that is a sign that they're getting heavily influenced by somebody else. And so, you know, even just, just getting to know her at the time, there were some things that I could just tell that it's like, that doesn't feel natural to you to say that or think that. That seems like that's coming from somebody else. Or at some points, I even just kind of, I, I just knew like, yeah, that's coming from him. That's not you. He discerned it. This podcast is a part of our ministry partnership vision, which is dedicated to youth and young adults who are in need of support, wisdom, or healing so that they can live their best life with the people they're meant to be a part of. You can help support us by sharing our show with others directly, posting about us or reposting on social media, or by donating to us financially through our donorbox.org link, which you can find in the description for this episode. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us where the heart is heard. Part 
Partnership Vision Ministries. Stay driven by love. So you can wreck all the fear. You can check us out on Instagram at Partnership Vision Ministries. Or on Facebook on Partnership Vision Ministries page. And even Twitter at PVisionM. Y'all come back now, you hear? here?